0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and senior pastor of True Vine Baptist Church. This is my part as we welcome you, I welcome you, and I praise God the, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. God bless you this morning. First of all, giving honors to God who is the head of my life. He is awesome. He is amazing. He's wonderful. To our senior pastor and first lady, Pastor Joyce, uh, Pastor Jesse and Miss Joyce Grice, we thank you so much. We know you're watching. God bless you. We're praying for you. Amen? Amen. 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 To my beautiful family who's with me, my, my mother-in-law, my mom, my dad, my girls, and my beautiful wife singing this morning. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. It is. Don't we just have one of the best choirs on this side of heaven? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I was I was telling telling uh, Reverend Smith when the one young lady started. I thought it was a track. I said, Man, that girl can sing, boy. You know, I tell you what. And uh, amen. How great is our God? I thought I thought I saw a little bit of the temptations. You know how everybody was waiting on their turn. Everybody was waiting on their turn. And they were just saying, God, look what we're about to do. They don't even know what we're about to do to them. Look. At them. Hey, man, such a blessing. Church family, it is so good to see you this morning. I just want to tell you this. I know you could be anywhere else. You could be at home sipping hot chocolate, unwrapping gifts. Well, all the young people. Let me see. Young people, wave at me. All the young people, wave at me. Young lady. I, You know what I'm talking about. I, all my children. All my children. Amen. I don't know how much of a fuss and fight you gave to your parents that come in here this morning, but amen. They got you in the right place, teaching you the right way at the right time. We are here to celebrate Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm not going to keep you long because I want you to get back to enjoying your families and uh, opening gifts, amen. Our family has to do the same, but there is a word from the Lord this morning, amen? Amen. amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to Second Kings chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. And if you're there, say Amen. The New King James Version reads this way. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We recognize your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for what you've done for us, God. You've sacrificed your life that we might have life. But you raised again with all power in your hands, and you now sit on the right hand of the Father, that we might have this gift called salvation, this gift called eternal life. Speak to us today, God. Minister to us. Change hearts and minds today, God. Deliver us, heal us, redeem us. God, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. As you take your seats, I want to speak from the topic, I want you to stay for a while. I want you to stay for a while. We are going to dive in and meticulously go through this text. It starts with Elisha, who is the successor of Elijah. I want you to keep those names separate because they sound the same. One is Elisha and one is Elijah. Elijah is one of the great prophets in his time and in second in first kings chapter 19 we see elisha taking care of the family business he's out doing what his family has asked him to do taking care of the land and elijah comes and places on him the mantle of success this is a, a coat if you will that deems that he is going to be the next in line elijah departed a lot of information into Elisha, so much so as when Elijah passed on, he gave Elisha a double portion of everything he had. The word Elijah means God is Jehovah. Elijah's ministry was focused on tearing down the beliefs of other gods while bringing about confrontation and judgment. Elisha's name means God is salvation. Is there any Elishas in the building? Anybody named Elisha? in the building, anybody online. I want you to be real, real careful about these little cute names. We name our children after the Bible because if your name is Elisha, you need to understand what type of tag you have on your name. Your name means God is salvation. It's going to cause you to walk in a different way. Stop trying to be cute and just name your child whatever, not understanding what the real meaning of that name is. God meant for these these names to have meaning. But I digress, Elisha's ministry was built on the grace of God and the help that he could provide to those that truly believed in him. Elisha has just left from helping a woman save her home, pay off her debt, and provide generational wealth for her children to come from all but except a jar of oil. Yeah, this lady had one little jar of oil, and Elisha made sure that she never had want. Again, Elisha finds himself headed to a place called Shunem. This place called Shunem comes from the Hebrew word shuni, which means a quiet rest. Uh, Elisha was on his way to go rest quietly. He was on his way to go take a break, if you will. And this lady, this great woman, the King James Version describes her as this great woman. She Uh, The Bible says that she was great. And while there's 530 usages in the Old Testament to use to describe this lady, she is in great company with some of the greatest events that have ever happened that have been tied to the word great. I wish God would put a tag on my name called great one day when he's done, when I'm done. I wish he could put that name great on me. Do you wish he could put that name great? on you this woman was called great some say she was very wealthy some say she was well known some say she was important and distinguished the Bible doesn't make clear of what it was but it does say that she was great And here is where we get into the meat of this text, because the Bible says that as he was walking, she constrained him. Now, we have already established that Elisha's name means God is salvation. Can I mess you up for a second? Because as salvation is passing through, Shunem. This great woman whom later in the text we find has no need for nothing. She's got everything she needs. She's got a great relationship with the community. She has want for nothing. But as salvation is passing through, she constrains him. The, 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 the word for constrain means that she, uh, she, uh, she, she, she wouldn't let him go. She made sure that he stopped by her house every time. And I don't know who's in here today or who's listening online, but I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what your social media status is. I don't care how important or how distinguished you are. I don't care how good you play the saxophone. I don't care how good you sing. I don't care if you're a doctor or a lawyer. When salvation passes through, you need to grab it, constrain it, and invite it in to eat. Yeah. She strong armed him. She seized him. She made the Bible says a severe request. You know how your how your old great grandmother used to do when your friends came around and and it was time to eat and your friends would say, Ah, I'm not really hungry. She said, That's okay, sit down, eat something anyway. She made sure they he wasn't gonna go anywhere without getting something to eat. It was disrespectful to come to the house and not eat nothing. Bible says that every time Elisha came through, he had a place to eat. And here in verse 9, let me read that for you again. Verse 9 says, And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. This woman here in the text has an epiphany. She has an aha moment, if you will. She grabs her husband and she says, I perceive, that is, I have observed. I have thought about. And I've processed. I have evaluated the behavior and the company. I don't know him, but it's something about him. I have acknowledged and now understand that this man that passes through continually is a man of God. Now let me address both characters in this text because we have a perceiver and we have one who is being perceived. Let's talk about the one that's being perceived because it. Elisha, who is being perceived, who has accepted the invitation to come and eat, there had to be something about Elisha's character that would give this woman this perception. It had to be something about his speech and his behavior that would give her the perception that he's a man of God. Question, what does your character and your speech and your behavior say about your life? Uh, when you in the building, can they see salvation coming through? Oh, and let me just say this, Elisha's not at home. I, I, I want you to know he is not in his normal community. He is passing through, so everybody needs to understand that everybody's real good at home. Oh, we can see, we can see God on you here in church on Sunday morning. We can see God on you at Wednesday. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how do the people perceive you on your job? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about how do the people perceive you when you're in that long line at the grocery store? Yeah, how, how do people perceive you, when, you when, when, when you're at the restaurant and your food ain't coming out quick enough? Does, does the waiter see that I perceive that this is a man or a woman of God? Does, does the people in the grocery store perceive that you're a man or a woman of God? I know how you can behave when you're around like people. But Elisha wasn't around like people. He was passing through, and still his behavior and his character didn't change. We've adapted so much of the world's ways that it's hard to tell who's a Christian and who's not. People on your job say, I thought you was a Christian, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. People see you outside of church and they say, I thought you were walking with the Lord, but I don't know. some things going on with you that I don't really know. There is one who is perceived in the text. I'll just take a little moment to talk about the perceiver. Because some would suggest that the one who is recognizing in the text is more important than the one who is recognized. Listen to what I'm saying. There's someone sitting in here or someone online who has seen God move in your life. You've seen his works but you call it a miracle. You, you, you've seen God move on your behalf, but you have described it as, I don't know how this happened. You've described it as, uh, something happened. You felt God in you, and you call it something told me. Something said to me. See people all the time, there was something watching over me. Question now becomes Can you properly perceive what's going on in your life? The Bible tells us that we can't come to God unless the Spirit draws us. This is not a scripture of selection. This is a scripture of solution. I don't think y'all got that. Let me say that again for all these theologians. We cannot come to God unless the, the Spirit draws us, but this is not a scripture of selection. This is a scripture of solution. God provided a solution to those who are sinners, to those who are on our way to hell, that when we recognize that the Spirit is drawing. When we recognize that God is moving in our very midst, that we would grab hold to it, that we would constrain it, and that we would invite it in to us. God is knocking. You just have to realize it and perceive it for yourself. Listen to what I'm saying. Elisha, being a man of God, was not based on Her perception. Y'all missed that. Elisha being a man of God is not based on her perception. Elisha was going to be a man of God whether she perceived it or not. What makes this story great is that she recognized him for who he was for who he truly was. And somebody today needs to stop giving everything and everybody else the credit for what God is doing and realize today that if my bills wouldn't have got paid had it not been for God. I didn't just escape this accident. No, it was the Lord. It wasn't just something. It was the Lord. My health wouldn't be the way that it is, not by happenstance, but it was God who did it somebody who don't know the Lord. Stop giving everybody else credit and give it to God because guess what? Guess what? Guess what? God ain't going to stop being a miracle worker because you don't perceive it. God ain't going to stop being a way maker because you don't perceive it that way. God ain't going to stop being a healer and a redeemer because you don't receive it. So it's up to you to get on board with what he's doing and give him the credit for what he's going to do, whether you like it or not. I perceive, I perceive that the Lord is moving on my behalf. It, it ain't just something. It ain't just somebody. It's God. I perceive that God is doing a marvelous work. This lady perceived. She recognized and understood who was in her midst. And she constrained him and she invited him in to eat. And so she says to her husband in verse 10, let us make a small room On the roof with some privacy this man has been coming to visit he's been coming to eat with us and after he leaves or after he eats he leaves but I want him to stay for a while yeah this season that we're in between Thanksgiving and hopping over to Christmas there's all kind of tickets being purchased The roads are being traveled because we're on our way to see family and friends. There is no greater compliment as it pertains to people coming to see you than to say, you can stay with me. Don't go get a hotel. Don't go get an Airbnb. We got room for you right here. It's a compliment because we know there are several classes of relationships. The fourth class, fourth class people, are the people who just get a phone call. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. Merry Christmas. You want me to come by? No, I don't need you to come by. Just just wanted to call you, say Merry Christmas, love you, God bless you. You don't need to. Don't worry about it. The third class of people are the people who only can get as far as the porch. You know, them the ones you stand outside and talk to. Hey, how you doing? Glad you stopped by. I ain't letting you in my house though, sorry. I'm not letting you in my house. Good to see you, nice. Love what you got going on over at your house. God bless you. The second class, folks, is the people that can come in. They can fellowship. We give them probably about four, five hours. Had a good time. Then we start giving those innuendos. Hey, what time you say you leaving again? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, man, sure getting dark outside is, woo? what time you got to wake up in the morning? Because we don't want them to stay that long. But the first class folks, the one we love, the one we have respect for, the ones we have built up relationships with. We say you can stay as long as you like. I wonder what class is Jesus in in your life. I wonder if Jesus is in the fourth class. I'll call you when I need you. I don't need you to come by, God. If I need something, I'll call you. If, if I need something, I'll get down and pray. Hopefully you'll listen, but I don't need you to come by. I don't need you to stop by. You good where you at? I wonder how many people got Jesus in the third class. Well, he's knocked on the door, and you open the door and close it right behind you. Hey, Jesus, let's talk out here. I'm glad you stopped by my house, Jesus, but you need to stay out here. I can't let you in. And some people have experienced Jesus Christ. And they've kept him on the porch. And they won't let him in. We can have a conversation outside of my normal life. And then for some of us, Jesus has entered into the second phase. Which means, Jesus, I'll let you in because I'm going through some issues. I need to talk with you. Come on in. Let's talk for a little while. Let's have some fellowship. But uh, somewhere around 8 (laughs) o'clock, Jesus, I need you to leave because at 8 o'clock, my carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin and you're going to finally see who I really am. So I need you to get out of here. I need you to leave, Jesus, because there's some things I want to watch on my phone and my computer, and you can't be here. Jesus, I want you to come in and fellowship, but around eight o'clock you're going to have to leave because there's a man coming over that ain't my husband, and there's a woman coming over that ain't my wife. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Jesus, I, I come in and fellowship with me, but somewhere around 8 o'clock, there's some things that I'm going to be thinking. There's some things that I want to say, and there's some things that I want to do. And I don't need you judging me, Jesus, so I need you to get out. This is why we don't want to let him in. This is why we don't want to let him stay. Because if we let him stay, he's going to get in our business. But this woman recognized salvation in the building. This woman recognized who Elisha was and who he was to them. And she says, I want to build a room so he can stay for a while. Says to her husband, I want to build a room. Let me get back to this text. Because she says, I don't want him to leave so quickly. I do want to throw this in there as a quick tidbit and I'm going to move on because this is not tied to the message. But it's just, you know, something I wanted. I noticed in the text that this woman is the woman that the Bible entitles great. She is the one that the Bible has entitled important and distinguished. She is the one that the Bible has put all the focus on. But when it got ready to make a decision in the house, she recognized her husband in his proper authority. Even though I am the great one, even though this story is about me, I recognize that my husband is still in authority in this house. She comes to him and she says, please, she says, I beseech thee, the uh, the, new, the King James Version says, I pray thee. She says she went to her husband and said, can we make a room? I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, I'll deal with that right there. I'm gonna... She pleaded. She says, let's put a bed up there. Because I don't want him to leave. I want him to be able to sleep here. She says, put a table and a stool in there. So when he wakes up, I don't want him to have to feel like he got nowhere to go. You can just sit right there. You need to study, go on study. You need to meditate, go on meditate. You ain't got to go nowhere. And she says, give him a candlestick because even when it get dark, I don't want no excuses as to why salvation has to leave my home. I, I don't think you, I don't want no reason as to why Jesus has to leave from up out of here. I got everything he needs right here. Paul tells the Corinthian church, he tells the children of God that we are the temple of God and that God's spirit dwells in us. Man, you're going to make me preach, man. Come on now, I'm trying trying to walk my way through this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now you start feeling it. I wonder if this temple that Paul speaks of, for us saved folks, can I just talk to the saved folks real quick? I wonder if this temple that Paul speaks of has a room for the Lord. Now, now understand the context of that statement. Uh, because to all you theologians I don't want you to get confused we understand as saved individuals that the Bible says in Deuteronomy 31 that he will never leave us nor forsake us so my room in my temple is not built for him leaving or not leaving but my question to you is when God wants to inhabit the praise of his people can he do it in your temple that's 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 all I want to know. I'm trying to figure out when God wants to be worshiped in spirit and in truth, is there a room in your temple where he can do that? When God wants to dwell in our meditation of him day and night, do you have a place in your temple where he can do that? Here it is, and I'm gone. I'm done. But this, this right here, for my individuals who have not received the Lord as their personal Savior. What a season it is to give gifts, to spend time with loved ones, to spend time with family and friends. The most important thing you can do is to recognize that salvation is passing through. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, today is the day where you recognize that salvation is passing through and you say, I perceive that the Lord Jesus Christ is in here. I perceive that God is talking to me today and invite him in, not just for a visit. Tell God today, I want you to stay for a while. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, so you don't have to stay in this temple forever. But as long as I'm walking on this earth, on top of this dirt, (laughs) I want you to come in, and I want you to stay for a while. God bless you. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.